They tried to stop my shine, but I said, hold up. Y'all know how many hoes done tried to hold this hoe up. Talk to music. Uh-huh. Hot gay summer. Paper runner. Microphone gunner. Podcast stunner. Yes, I'm funner. Do my shit. They say you know this bitch is about to try it. Hey, how you doing this week, y'all? How you doing this week, y'all? Glad to be back with ya. Glad to be back with ya. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to another week of Craig's Pop Life, a black gay excursion into pop culture. I'm your good old host, Craig Seymour. You know me. I've been writing about pop culture for more than 20 years now. You can read some of my music writing at rnbeing.com. And like I said, it may take a little bit to load, but it took a long time to write. So just call it up. Go do something else. Sign you back. It be loaded. You can read stuff from back to the 90s. You can read about Tevin Campbell's, what, fourth album. Uh, you know, go way, 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 way back. Just have a little bit of patience. Um, I'm also an author who has written a number of books. Uh, the biography Luther, The Life and Longing of Luther Vandross. Um, my memoir about being a grad school stripper hoe. All I Could Bear, My Life in the Strip Clubs of Gay Washington, D.C., and my novel about three generations of black gay men looking for that good love. It's called Who's Your Daddy? And did y'all watch Pose this week? Well, I know y'all watch Pose this week. If y'all listen to this, y'all probably watch Pose this week. Um, and, and all that talk about the elders and stuff like that and how a whole generation was lost due to AIDS and they, all of a sudden there were no elders. You know, that's kind of the context of what I'm writing about and Who's Your Daddy and talking about how the older um, generation in Who's Your Daddy, you know, they're all like in their late 30s, 40s and stuff like that. And then they're kind of dealing with this younger generations as like 19, 20, 21. And for the older generation, they didn't really have an older generation to look to because that age group of gay men were really fighting with um, with dealing with AIDS and, you know, dealing with the death of their friends and all that kind of stuff at the same time. So a lot of what I'm dealing with that in that novel is kind of um, rethinking how these new generational ties are being made at this particular moment um, because they were so broken Um due to AIDS. So that's kind of the subsex. It's it's not like it's not a heavy book or anything like that, but it's just made this um week's episode of Pose just made me think of that. So um check out Who's Your Daddy? And then my forthcoming book special special, The Art and God, I'm getting my book all wrong. And my forthcoming book special, The Life and Art of Janet Jackson, coming very, very soon. Um, I also have a website where you can find links for the stuff that I talk about on this show. It's easy to remember. It is craigspoplife.com. And I have an Amazon shop where I put all the books and all the other stuff that I discuss on the podcast. Um, get other important stuff like I mention often, my hot sauces. That's something I constantly update because I'm constantly getting some new hot sauces. But you know the thing that bothers me about hot sauce 
aficionados, like this is really a, an issue with people that collect hot sauces, is that nine times out of ten, you pay more for the shipping for the sauce than the actual sauce. And I'm trying to find somebody, I mean, maybe that's going to be another entrepreneurial way. I need to find some kind of shipping way around shipping, because it don't make no kind of sense to be paying $9.99 for a $4.99 bottle of hot sauce, although I do it all the time, so... Just something to think about. But anyway, my Amazon shop is also easy to remember. It's Amazon.com slash shop slash Craig's Pop Life. Like I said, you have my hot sauces. I can't do you nothing on, sh- on shipping. But one good thing, if you have a good Amazon Prime, is like sometimes you can order a, a good hot sauce on Amazon Prime and then the shipping is free. So that's one way I get around that. Um, I've also added a couple of new things at least one new thing, the DVD of Aretha Franklin's Amazing, Amazing Grace um, comes out this Tuesday. And, of course, I talked about that in detail in episode 13. But, you know, the crazy thing about it is it's coming out on DVD. I don't see a link for the Blu-ray or anything, so I don't know if it's coming out on Blu-ray or whatever. All these other things y'all got now, the the 3Ds, the 4Ds, the all this kind of other stuff. I mean, they just... they're bringing it back to Blockbuster days and just putting it on DVD. So I'm hoping to at least get me some special features, some some additional songs, you know, because it was two nights and it just is, um, the movie's just put together in um, one particular set. So anyway, I will report more on that um, next week, but I definitely look forward to seeing that again and the link will be there. But yeah, no Blu-ray for re. So I don't know what's going on with all of that. But nevertheless, we persists and we go on um so what's up what's going on with y'all this week um i am just getting back from seeing the extended director's cut of solange's when i get home the movie that accompanied her latest album and at this point i feel sorry i have to adjust my glasses and that made some noise at this point i feel like the podcast has a very special relationship with the solange when i get home album because it was the first album that I reviewed on the podcast immediately after listening to it for the first time. Remember, I listened to it, and then I immediately hopped on the mic, and that would be good old episode five, way back in the beginning of March. Um, I guess that was like March, I guess maybe it came, oh, because it came out like at the end of February, yeah, so by the time I listened to it, that night, you know, recorded because I always perceive myself as doing this on Thursday night, but like right now it's it's Friday at three thirty six a.m. But to me, it's still Thursday night. But anyway, um, that was the first album that I sort of live um listened to and then reported on. I did that again recently with when Beyonce dropped the gift from the Lion King, and then the following week after I reviewed the Solange album, um, I talked a lot about the movie because the movie had um dropped by by that time and um so this time instead of watching the when i get home movie on my computer and hating every moment that i had to pay for a month of apple music just to see it because you know i support my black businesses i'm a title person and if i'm not on title i do do spotify just because i've been on spotify a long time my mama on spotify it's easy to share things on spotify with certain people that are spotified and that's just you know one of those things i did but i don't mind having two i'm not having three services um well except for solange for a month but that's it so um and i would watch it like ever because i'd be like i ain't paying for another month of this so i'd be i'd watch it almost like every day and then i kept expecting it to pop up to buy at some point it never did so i'd been kind of just you know piecemealing it because she'd been releasing little um 
little clips from the movie since then, but I hadn't seen it all together. So I was really excited when I saw the announcement that she was kind of touring a director's cut of the movie all at various museums around the country. So I saw the Perez Art Museum in Miami, where I live, um, projected on an outdoor screen. It was really beautiful, y'all. It's like, if you all ever go to the museum, it's really, really nice. Um, even if you're not like that into art and everything like that, it just go and get you a good brunch because <laughs> the brunch, the place is outside and you're overlooking the bay and stuff. And there's a lot of nice outdoor sculpture and everything. And it's just a really nice experience. Um, and so they had this kind of inflatable, it was almost like an inflatable screen, I think. And it was right over the bay. So it's just so beautiful with the cars driving by. And then you saw the, you know, the, the um, what you call them, cruise ships and the lights. And then you saw the, um, Scott, the South Beach skyline. So it was really just a very, very, um, stunning sight. Hold on for a second. It was quite a stunning sight just to, begin with and I put up a lot of pictures on well not a lot of pictures I put up some pictures on the craigspoplife.com website hold up one second y'all let me take a sip of my coke so it was interesting because damn did y'all hear that this coke made a big old noise it was interesting because I hadn't seen the whole movie in a while because like I said I cut that Apple music bullshit off real quick right before that rebuild hit y'all know I mean I feel like nowadays with all these subscriptions and stuff like that they used to get me back in the day now I have like a sixth sense or something I feel like I feel like something about to rebuild I feel like something about to rebuild that I don't know about so now I go back to all my little charges real quick and I be catching stuff you know like the day or the day before it's about to rebuild because those things can really get you so anyway so you know I caught it right before the rebuild and I just thought it was really interesting watching it this week because it features so many visuals of black cowboys and this is the week that Little Nas X's Old Town Road became the longest running number one on the Hot 100. And it just made me really think about how we're living in these times where we are really experiencing the relationship between visibility and backlash, right? It's like, because as black people, we're just out here with all our everythings, our eccentricities, our this and that. We're crossing over into all these mainstream spaces, you know, the pop charts, the this and that charts would be on the country charts if they didn't change the rules for us not to be on the country charts. All this stuff is going on. And that's a big fucking threat to white supremacy. I mean, it just is. That's the shit that's scaring people to violence and scaring them to all sort to make all sorts of crazy self-destructive um decisions, you know, and that's why we're getting all the send her back stuff. That's why we're getting anything insert MAGA. And I just think it's because as black people, we're no longer just asserting that we're here and that we're deserving of equal rights and social and economic equity and everything like that. It's like we're creating art, pop songs, videos to pop songs that are in many ways undermining many of the myths that white identity has been built upon. I mean... The fucking cowboy. What is more, what is a bigger American myth than the fucking cowboy? And we're fucking with their cowboys. And 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 not like, we're just telling the truth of 
our experience, but because white supremacy, it was built on so many lies. When we tell our truths, it starts to crumble their shit. It's not our fault. We ain't built their lying ass shit. You know, I ain't built your house of lies. You built that shit. So don't blame me just because my truth comes crumble your little half half made shit down, you know, not well made shit that it comes dust into the floor. Don't blame me. I'm just being me. I'm just telling my truth. Because the truth is that the original cowboy was a black man because cowboy was a pejorative term. White ranchers were called cow hands. But the same way like down south, you know, a black man of any age of any rank of anything could be called boy so when black men worked on the ranches they were called cowboys now it was only over time that cowboy became a catch-all phrase for all ranch workers go fucking figure but you know hey i mean does that look what how how much does black shit then become the universal okay how 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 did brother now it's bro. When people say bro or bruh, we don't even think black people. Okay, but where did that come from? You see what I'm saying? So I didn't even know this cowboy shit until I was just looking up stuff for this podcast. But again, it's just another yet another example of how something starts black and then it just becomes the universal to the point that we forget the black roots of the shit. And then of course, when Hollywood got going with their little Hollywoodness. And, you know, start doing the images that just took the cowboy to a whole different level. And the black cowboy completely disappeared. And then we just started getting the John Waynes and we start getting the cowboy literally is representing the white, rugged, masculine ideal, you know. And it may have that image may have been created in Hollywood, but it was not just Hollywood shit because the whole cowboy mess then gets played out into American politics, right? Because people are looking for the real man, the real man. So we get Reagan with his ranch shit, you know, then we get Bush too and his cowboy iconography and his ranch shit. And even Beto, you know, we get him looking like he's walking in the category of cowboy realness on the cover of Vanity Fair. So this shit is deep. This shit is deep. It's, you know, it's in our national consciousness and everything. So all this stuff is just kind of in the back of my mind. And I'm just against this backdrop of all this national history and all this white supremacist investment in the cowboy, quote unquote. We now have a 20-year-old black gay man from Georgia going number one for 17 weeks and counting. With a song talking about him and his horse. Okay? And then as I'm sitting there at the museum outdoors watching this Solange film touring museums all across the country. A a movie that plays visual homage to black cowboys. And it's also, you know, a, a complete celebration, unapologetic, of all types of black womanhood. Okay, at a time when women of color, black women specifically, are being attacked from all kinds of angles in our culture. And I'm sitting here watching this movie and it's being projected outside, you know, the Biscayne Bay, over the Biscayne Bay, in one of the fiercest political battleground states in the nation. And it's just a powerful moment to me. I mean, it's just one of those times that I just think... 
you know, it's like all of a sudden with the last election, you know, it's like almost like somebody tapped us on the shoulder and was like, oh shit, we're living in a time. Like, we're not just living in, we're not just living our lives. We're kind of, all of a sudden, we're a part of a moment in history. You know, I know a lot of people got that feeling. It's like, you know, you read back and you read people in the Depression. Oh, damn. They, they really went through that. Or you read back, you know, people who went through, even living through World War II or something like that. You're just like, oh, ooh, Lord. Rationing and shit. Ain't no pantyhose. You know, I mean, and we think of people as being, we think of those people, of course, they live individual lives, but we think of their sort of time on this earth is being defined by something bigger than them, right? Like if you were born during the Depression or you lived during the Depression, that even though you had whatever individual life you had, you also had that big thing that had nothing to do with you that really um, sort of affected a lot of your life decisions and a lot of the ways you viewed life and a lot of your options in life. And I think with that, this last election, you know, the last presidential election, um, a lot of us got the feeling like, oh, shit, somebody's going to be reading back about us <laughs> and be thinking, like, what was life like for us under this period of time? Because now we are living in a fucking time, you know, and so for me sitting there just watching this movie, you know, again, with um, the celebration of the black cowboy and also with the celebration of black women at this particular time, it really did feel like it didn't feel like I'm not trying to overturn it and saying like, oh, I felt like I was a part of history or something like that. And the, all the audience really like were together in this moment of, you know, resistance in art at this time when, you know, we're being so attacked, it was not like that, but it was like feeling like I could be living in a vignette, okay, that somebody could write for history as yet written, okay? Like somebody could write, oh, and they all gathered to see Solange's, you know, celebration of black womanhood and everything um, at the press before X happened, good or bad. Or you're going to see my black ass wearing my Megan the Stallion t-shirt that somebody took a picture of me maybe at the thing. You know, it's like, again, here was these revelers, you know, in watching Solange's When I Get Home at the Brez Art Museum in Miami, you know, weeks before Russian troops, you know, <laughs> took over the whole state or whatever the fucking case is. But I don't know. It was just really one of those moments where I just, it, another one of those moments that has just happened increasingly over the last two, three years where I have felt like the life that I'm living is now no longer just mine. It is now um, determined by all these kind of historical forces where I, where I don't know where, what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Where I feel... And I think that that's the sort of difference. I feel like as a child of the civil rights generation, I was kind of raised to think that I was part living part of this narrative where things were always going to get better. You know, not to say that there were going to be weren't going to be back steps. With those back steps, like oh lord, it's a back step. That's not supposed to happen. Let's come on, y'all. Let's march. Let's get together. Let's do something and get, get keep keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. But you know, those were all little kind of obstacles that we would just need to come together to move forward. This shit is turning out like 
again, where I can see how it was to live in one of these historical moments of time where you ain't really know what the outcome was going to be when you was living in it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, when you was living through World War One, you ain't know how World War One was going to wind up. And you didn't know that not be before long you were going to be in World War Two. You know what I mean? Like, so... Again, I just think it's just a real interesting time that we're living in and certain um, certain moments just kind of put me more in that mind than others. And then watching when I get home this time, like all, I think, like the richest works of art, I think when I get home um, also kind of reveals something different to me every time I watch it, which is probably why I watch it every day when I still had Apple Music. Um, I don't even know if it's still on Apple Music, but anyway. And one thing about Solange, you know, I, I love Solange and I followed her forever, you know, through the whole crush and feeling you to, you know, move into kind of the art space and everything like that. So, you know, I'm there, I'm with the movement and everything like that. One thing that I've never quite um, been able to recently reconcile is in her artistic interest, she's become very interested in like architectural spaces and how bodies move through spaces and people dancing in spaces. And just, you know, when she took over the um, Guggenheim and had, you know, people were all winding up and down the, um, you know, circular um, interior and everything like that. She's just become very interested in that. And I think it's interesting. It's just, personally as a fan I just have not known how to connect that with um the rest of her work and then last year she did this big art piece that mixed dance and sculpture and all this kind of stuff at the Hammer Museum in um is it Hammer or Hummer Child Sun Museum in LA and I thought that was cool I'll put a link to it on the uh, a video a link to the video on the website but like I said I just wasn't sure how it all made sense with um her other concerns just about race and creative freedom and everything and tonight it just really like I instantly got it maybe it was because you know this was the difference between seeing the film on my laptop and seeing it like huge projected against an actual cityscape you know against kind of the um all the the um, night, the lights of South Beach and everything, but I, I instantly got it that it is all it this shit is about is space. That all there is is space, and that you know what we are battling over all these battles that we're having and everything. Whether it's the immigration battles, whether it's why Eric Garner died. All of these things are about space. It's about who gets to occupy space, who gets to do what in a given space, and who polices that space. And like sitting there and just seeing, because you see with the film, she has these wide shots of, um, I guess, downtown Houston. And you see her and she's, you know, standing there in her black with her cowboy hat and masses of black people and watching it in the privacy of my own home and my own laptop I don't there nothing seemed to be odd about that but watching it outside 
with actual people in a public space made me immediately think, if there were all these black people just standing right here collectively doing anything in this public space, shit would be going down. There'd be horses, but it wouldn't be cowboy. It'd be police. It'd be like, because that's the way people act when black people in mass occupy certain public spaces, especially like downtown public spaces that aren't cordoned off as black spaces, right? So she has like, she's down in like a very um, commercial area in front of like a big skyscraper and stuff like that with her and a bunch of people and they're dancing, moving in collective action. And like, that fine I finally got that yeah, this shit is about um space, and that the thing I took from it this time is that the whole idea of when I get home is kind of like home is a place where black people can move freely without the policing gaze of whiteness. And you can take moving freely any way you want. You can take moving freely as dancing. You can take moving freely as riding on your horse. You know, you can take moving freely as even just moving freely in your own good mind with your own good thoughts and not worrying about the, um, not worrying about whether or not white people are watching or not. So it can be a physical space, a psychic space, or even something to aspire toward manifesting. Because, you know, after that, I just, just thinking that, wow, this is what it's about. It really is about home as a space, uh, home as a space to be self-defined. Home as a space, space where you're not necessarily reacting to something, but you're just being. And how hard it is to get to that, and especially in the time that we're living now, right? How hard it is for us to get to spaces where we are just being and not reacting, especially when we're the attacks are coming from us all over the place. And that just had me go back to how she opens the album and she opens the, the movie, you know, um, almost as if willing a dream into being, where she says, I saw things I imagined. You know, maybe that's what we have to think about now. Maybe that's what we really have to be on guard against because, you know, we have to, like, we have to worry about our, our physical violence and stuff in the streets, you know, whether it's by the police or whether it's by the white supremacists, um, crazies running around and all this kind of stuff. But, like, if that's all that we, if we're if that's all that we're worrying about from a creative space from a mental health space when do we get to worry about just manifesting who we are and um who we're meant to be not in a reactive mode not in a protective mode but just in a free creative mode so i don't know it just gave me a whole lot to think about um this time and it really made me understand sort of the um it really made me understand just the context of seeing things in a different way because just like I said it was just so different and so immediate <laughs> seeing this large projection of a downtown area filled with black people I immediately saw how that could be perceived as a threat 
to the white people around me sitting in an open space in a way that I just me and my little black self watching it on my little black on my little Apple computer that I paid for with my own black money, you know, would just never dawned on me. So just very, very interesting. And as she does it, I I think that would be, I hope, I don't know how many of these are being done outside, but I hope she does a lot more outside where you really get the scent, where you really get the physicality of um, the people on the screen in relationship to the people in a given space. I think it really does add a Another dimension to that. So I'm going on and on, but all that's to say, I love the fucking album. I love the fucking movie. And you know, I, I think it comes out. I think it's going to be released digitally next week. So I'll give more information. And now this is the third fucking show that I've talked on and on about that, um, about that project, but whatever. And one last thing on the, um, that just on a little lighter note, be sure to um, go to the website, and I'll put some pictures. Like I said, I'll put a few of the pictures that I took at the um, viewing tonight. But I'll also put up some pictures that I took at a Solange concert in 2009. And this was particularly special because she even gave me a Twitter shout-out over them when I posted them. Because this was back in '09 when shit like that could still actually happen on Twitter. So I'll put that up there. And on another note, keeping it light. And keeping it connected to other episodes and whatnot. Um, I'm going to put up her videos for Lovers in the Parking Lot. Because every time I watch that video, her dancing in it just really reminds me of Jodie Watley. Who, of course, was the subject of an appreciation podcast just a few episodes ago. So, you know, I like to keep it connected. I like to keep it thematic. I like to keep things together. Um... So, and just before I just move on to something else, y'all, just just like I said, the relationship between visibility and backlash is for real, for real. So just be careful out there. You know, I love y'all, and we're going to get through it. We just have to keep speaking our truth. It is not our burden to protect them from their lies. We just have to, like I said, keep speaking our truths, keep putting our truths in art, and just keep doing us... And that's all that we can do. And it's going to be all right because it, it has been all right. You know, it's been all right before and it's going to be all right again. It's just like I said, but but I do think we are going through a time. We are going through a time. Somebody's going to read back. It's like, damn, they was going through a time when they was living <laughs> 2019, bitch. Shit. You know, <laughs> but and and I guess you when you born, when you live, you know, you never I think you probably do know what you're going through a time when you're going through it, because I damn sure think I'm going through a time now. But I don't necessarily know, you know, in advance that you're going to be living through a time. But folks, we living through a time. So just I don't know. Keep a diary, bitch. Like <laughs> maybe you can maybe you can maybe make a good story someday because whatever. Anyway, um. Moving on to something that is making me smile. I really like this new show on IFC. Um, what does that even stand for now? Nothing stands for what it was supposed to stand for now. Like they only like TLC, that's not the learning channel anymore or anything like that. I guess IFC is what the independent film channel or something. But anyway, I like this new show. It's called Sherman's um Showcase. And now I'm gonna say off top, it's not gonna be for everyone. The humor is very nerdy and it's slightly absurdist. Um, and also, I think some folks are just not gonna really get the references. Basically, Sherman's Showcase is a parody of 
a long-running black variety show like Soul Train. But for me, as a child of the 70s, it really is less of a Soul Train parody than a parody of a lot of, a lot of these shoestring budget local TV shows that sprung up in the wake of Soul Train's success. Because this was back in the day when local TV stations produced more programming than just the news. They had actual shows, little community forums and all that kind of show stuff. And almost everyone has some kind of like weird youth slash black issues slash disco dancing slash, you know some kind of show that was like a crazy mix of all this kind of stuff you could have like black political commentary with and then the the real tea would be you'd have like musical performances by local acts and all the local acts would be like not parodies because they'd be taking themselves seriously but they'd be like um just mimicking bigger national acts. So, you know, instead of Cameo, you have Opal or something. Or, like, you know, instead of Parliament, you have Cools. Or, you have, you know, <laughs> whatever. The mothership you have, you know, the Starlights or something. It was, it was always something. Um, it was just always something. So, it was just always um that kind of craziness and this show really um evokes a lot of that and also a lot of these shows had segments where they would go into local clubs and um just have people dancing and watch people dancing and i don't know in night in, in 2015 there was a dvd for a sh- for one of these shows that was popular in chicago it was called the chicago party and the dvd collected a lot of um segments from this and i wrote about it in one of my newsletters um for people who've been following but it was really funny and anyway sherman showcase kind of reminds me of that and and they do a really good job on it. it's very Funny, but like I said, it's like it's that's one of those type of things that you have to be into that kind of humor. Whereas something is pretending to be the actual thing that it is, and you have to be laughing at it doing that. It's not telling you when to laugh or where to laugh or anything like that. But so far, the music in the um show is actually slamming. In the first two episodes, we got a go go ode to the black kids in the white schools. We got an eighties boogie jam called Time Loop, and we got a nineties era girl group joint called Drop It Low for Jesus. So I'm gonna put some of these clips on the website. So I want this to be like a huge phenomenon. I want um actual merch. I want there to be a little tour with the little groups. So um I'm hoping it'll be big, but like I said, it's not from it's not for everyone. But I would say, you know, it ain't gonna hurt you to give it a little bit of a ten if everybody has IFC, I don't even know how this shit works. Now, who has what, what kind of service you have, where you find it, what to do. If you have IFC, give it 10 minutes. If you don't like it in the first 10 minutes, you're not going to like it. And, um, you know, just check it out. But And they also have, apparently, they the same team that does this show, they do this show called Southside on um, Comedy Central, which, and just weirdly enough, both of the shows came out at the same time. So I'm going to watch that for next week to see if I like that. So maybe some of y'all have watched that and have not watched Sherman Showcase, so who knows? So anyway, y'all, um, 
with that, I just want to thank you so much for listening once again. Um, and I really want to thank you for the kind iTunes reviews. Those mean so much to me. I screenshot them. I send them to my mama. So I really like that. Um, makes me feel like I'm not just sitting here just talking to myself in the dark. Um, and not that, I'm in, not that I'm in the dark. That sounds really weird. Um, and like I said, if you don't have time to write anything, that's fine. Just rate it with the number of stars. And if you know someone who you think would like the show, please share. So until next week, y'all know how we do it. Be cool, be kind, be creative, and in the words of my fave, be your damn self. <laughs> All right, y'all. I love y'all so much. Be careful out there, and I'll see you next time. Or, you know, you'll hear me next time. So, bye.